Hey, hey, welcome back to the Secret Friends Unite Patreon. Glad to have you. Uh, this is the Facts of Geek Life episode question mark because we haven't decided what order it will fall in. But at any rate, we're coming back here uh, to take on um, a couple more, a couple, four more, a couple, four more, four more uh, episodes of Buck Rogers in the 25th Century Season 1. I am back here with my uh, part one uh, partner, Jonathan Snedeker. Jonathan, good morning. Hey, good morning, everyone. Yes. All right. And I, you know, I decided to bring in a ringer, uh, my cohort, Mr. Uh, Secret Friends Unite, same as myself. Todd Oxtra is on the line. Todd, good morning. Hello, everyone. And yes, actually, if you're looking at my background, it was actually Buck who made me come on the show. He's got a gun behind my head. So um, (laughs) and you're going to go and you're going to say every episode was fantastic. Apparently I was a villain (laughs) that was absconding with ladies and I guess (laughs) that's what a lot of these episodes rebuttals will get into it. But before we do want to give uh, some special uh, Patreon love, a shout out uh, to two of our top tier patrons. What do we call those top tier patrons? Best buds? Uh, BFFs. BFFs. We got Sean Nias and uh, new to the order, Missy Merchant, who you have heard in our awesome interview with Doug Jones, which is also available here on this Patreon. Joining our Patreon is very easy. Uh, it's, it's, it's as simple as going to patreon.com, searching for Secret Friends Unite. We would love to have you there. Are a lot of different levels of support that carry a lot of different cool perks. So please go check it out. But then again, I don't know why I'm saying that because you already have because that's why you're listening to this. Wow, Todd, you, Todd, I, I, I need well, you to hold me back, man. That's I'm out not of control. always true, Charlie. In the future, we do oh, yes. intend to give away some episodes to anybody just so they can check it out to see if they would really oh. want to be part of the Patreon. So what in the future. A wonder, what a wonderful idea. I love it. Well, without further ado, Todd, uh, give us your I, – I love this will be a condensed version of what we often do on the show when we have somebody – the main show uh, or any of the main shows when we have them on. But tell us a little bit about your Buck Rogers origin story. What, what, what What's the deal with you and Buck Rogers? So I'm a child of the 80s, as I think we all are. Um, and in that lens, uh, it was a time of everybody was trying to crack the nut of – science fiction, action fantasy on TV, and very few did it well, uh, excluding Star Trek, but Star Trek has even gone. So we got Battlestar Galactica, and then we got, they went back to the well with like the early serials to make Buck Rogers. And, um, you know, a a real chestnut, that was what influenced George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, many others to actually make their uh, sci-fi journeys. So, um, and unfortunately, when Buck Rogers came out, I was too young, really, to be, you know, really into it at the time because I had been like three or four. Um, And because of that, I really got Buck Rogers fever um, when it was in syndication on Channel 20 in Detroit. Yeah, Buck Rogers Fever. I mean, that's. I think that's one of the future STDs, Buck Rogers Fever. <laughs> I, I think it was probably tantamount to Disco Fever, which was Rick D's. I know, Jonathan, you were there. Yeah. You tell me. Was there a lot of Buck Rogers? There wasn't enough going around because the show got canceled. <laughs> well, there was a, a lot of activity in the sci-fi world in that time. Um, and the reason for it, I think, was, too, because um, you, you saw that um, – with the original Star Trek being in a syndication that it was gaining right. traction with the legions of fans that are still around today. And right. um, I'm a child of the sixties and seventies. So I remember the original uh, Star Trek and always liked the show. My, I had an older brother too, and older brothers are really good about getting you at a younger age involved in things that are going on in their lives. Cause you're always wondering what they're up to. So, right. um, 
So I started watching Buck Rogers when I was in high school. Actually, I was my senior year is when those came out. And um, I was distracted with what teenage guys are doing during their senior year, like girls, cars. Girls. Oh, yeah. Oh, there was high school, too. Um, oh, man. Classes. Boo. Yeah, exactly. But I watched uh, the first season of Buck Rogers and really liked it. I had two younger brothers, I think, that kind of led me into watching it as well. And we were pretty close in age because uh, one of them was in high school with me. And um, there were some really good episodes that I watched. And we're going to talk about those today. Uh, I think today Woo! this episode is going to cover some of the fan favorites, at least some of my favorites. So I'm excited to be talking about them. Man, oh man. All right, without further ado, let's uh, let's get into it. And Todd was quoted uh, as saying that some of these episodes didn't exactly wow him, but I think that'll provide uh, for some fervent conversation throughout this next hour, hour-ish that we're doing the show. So anyway, first episode is Vegas in Space. My God. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I have a long summary here. We're not going to read the long summary, but uh, Todd, you know, as the guest of the guest of the guest, why don't you kick us off and give us like the Reader's Digest version and then take it from there. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> I I really tried to figure out, you know, all the times that why, you know, Buck Rogers got involved with all of these small crimes. And they're always had to like tie in like because this will, you know, do something for this uh, maybe politician or or it will it make sure a deal goes through for peace. So it's like, OK. Right. And right. I kind of got a feel for the arc of this. I think it was this was like the vacation episodes. Like we're going on vacation. So that maybe that's the theme. I'm trying to find a theme. But this one was we're going to Space Vegas. And wow, wow, wow. I will tell you, I was so pleasantly surprised to see some familiar faces in like genre exactly. TV. Um, and the outfits of everyone are amazing. This this gentleman, whoever did it, should have gotten every Emmy across the sun. I mean, Gil Gerard got every deep V. You could ever, I don't know if it, a V goes any deeper. You know, that was, uh, and Jonathan, we talked about that in the last episode, is that Gil Gerard was like, man, I was pissed because I wanted this show to be serious and I wanted it to address this thing and that thing, but his outfits were the least serious part of the show. You know, I just, all the, the deep Vs, it's like it even goes below the belt line, which hopefully not too far below the belt line because he was a really hairy guy, but yowza! Yeah, so essentially this gets set up, um, we've got a crime boss who's, Someone, someone significant to him, a, a personally, a, apparently a uh, employee, has been kidnapped by another crime boss, and the the crime boss that comes to uh, the, the the Buck Rogers team is Cesar Romero. Yes, that mustache. Oh, well, he looks like he's from Russia. I mean, he's got like the babushka or whatever the whatever the the hat is. And- <laughs> <laughs> and apparently has promised them he will give them all of up his secrets. He will give them the secrets to the um, the uh, the hatchet uh, uh, spaceships that are uh, essentially outwitting all of the pilots in the piloting systems uh, of our of our uh, fearless the, dir- uh, the, dir- the directorate, the new Draconian, the Draconian hatchet fighters, as they would say. Yeah, right. uh, yeah, love it. So essentially, they have to go to Vegas undercover to uh, rescue this girl. Along the way, they meet um, a Dracula-type looking villain. I, I, I can't. Ah! I've seen this guy in a million things. And- I, oh, I got it. I got okay. it. He did play, and I, this won't help you, but he was a uh, kind of a scuzzy pirate in a 
TNG two-parter near the end of the series. So he and Picard went, because Picard was undercover as another scuzzy pirate, and the two of them kind of went tet-tet-tet. That's the only way I know it. Yeah, Richard I, Lynch. Sure. I mean, you, you look yeah, him up. You've right. seen him in so many things, like on TV, cheap movies. But he's iconic. You look right. at him, and yep, he is up to no good. Um, and essentially, he is Iron Hand, can keep people in and out of uh, Space Vegas, and uh, Buck has to save the day. I mean, this was an odd one, but at least it was entertaining. Um, Big time. But... As a young kid, I probably was less ex- – a lot of these are will be like, okay, my memory's a little hazy, haven't watched it in forever, and this one probably was one I didn't really get that excited about because there wasn't like any space monsters. There wasn't a lot of space battles, um, but what there was was a lot of awesome Buck Rogers fighting, which I don't think is actually choreographed. I think it was like Jill, Gil Gerard says, okay, I'll, I'll get this done in five, five minutes. We'll be done. I've choreographed it's, it for everybody. I- I got it. I got it. It's Buck Fu. That's what, that's what his fighting style. Uh, Lots of jumping over things. <laughs> I know it's be- it's better than Kirk, which is funny because if like what you said, Jonathan, like oh he was so bummed out because you know the show didn't have a more serious tone or whatever. Why was he doing Shatner every time it was time to fight? Because you know Shatner is like the double fisted punch, the chop, and Buck is yeah he's like I'm up over a table. Whoa! Yeah, so so um, I, I got to give props to Todd because he's hit two really important things, particularly <laughs> with this episode. One is what they're wearing. Oh Ab- absolutely some of the best wardrobe in the Buck Rogers series is in this episode because you have people coming together in Vegas and they all want to look good and they're all coming from other planets. So right. they're all dressing the part. Um, so I have some comments around what they're wearing, but I'm going to save those. The other thing that Todd has clearly identified, and it's it's spot on, is this is really good guest stars. I mean, they have a good lineup of folks that have joined the regulars. And uh, Cesar Romero, right? Richard Lynch, we've already talked about them. We have Anna, so Anna Alicia, the pretty Anna Alicia, who is Felina. Now, one of the things oh. I want to inject into the plot line is, Buck is there to rec- uh, rescue Felina, who is a digital programmer, which has got to be a new thing in 1979. <laughs> and, and, and then on top of it, she knows corporate secrets, right? Corporate to, secrets. To Amos, to Amos uh, her father, who's secretly her father. Right, exactly. Yeah. Wait, right, you, gave right. away the, you gave away the secret ending. Everybody's going to be spoiled. Ah! Oh, no. Well, spoilers from a show from almost 45 years ago. Yeah, so so, uh, Mr. Armott, I guess, um, is is turning over his crime enterprises, and uh, he wants to do it to save secretly, which we'll save it till the end. Uh, There's a a hidden thing here. But Felina um, had had this Anna Alicia, uh, as a guest star, also shows up in Battlestar Galactica. What? As, I a, mean, as a love interest for Starbuck, so what? One of the many, I'm sure. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, uh, but really, really good. Uh, there's Pam Sh- uh, Shoop who wears an incredible outfit that we have to <sighs> talk about. We My are- God, <laughs> not an outfit at all. It's like it's like. Do you remember from the Fifth Element what uh, Mila Jovovich was wearing? Yeah. The straps. It was yeah. not an outfit. Like, how do you get it on? How do you how do you go to the bathroom? It was the mirror do down, and yeah. Harley had to go to the bathroom after that scene. Is all I'll I say. did. <laughs> it was. I made me feel funny, like climbing a rope in gym class. 
Yeah, they, <laughs> they, a doubt. They, they totally forgot the size of the dress, but they had oh. the front and the back. Oh, oh no, they didn't forget them. Ah, uh, well, oh no, intentionally. <laughs> they, yes, they were considered. They were considered, considered, and rejected. No straps. Yeah. Um, we also have uh, James Luisi, who is um, a, a regular in a lot of dramas during that time period. He plays the hood that it, you, you mentioned the fight scene, right? And so, some of these fight scenes were a little schlocky because, you know, they're trying to do their karate and judo moves. And, uh, you know, James Luisi is playing a hood, right? And he follows Buck into uh, Buck is trying to infiltrate. Um, Morgan Velosi, who is Richard Lynch's, um, his lair, it's his bedroom, I guess. And they go in there and they have this big fight. And you can tell, you can tell during the fight that it's stuntmen. They don't even try to <laughs> hide it. And they, uh, they, they did such a great job with that. Like if you ever watched the, the episode of the old Star Trek with Khan, the space seed, there's that whole fight scene when they're in the big engine room that, that it's pulled back. 10, 15 feet, and it's 1,000%. The Khan and the Kirk were just totally different guys, and it's just r- really not well hit. And this was even clo- this was way closer in because this is a much smaller set. It's bad. Yeah. It's real bad. And they had a few other fight scenes, uh, like when they come out of, like, uh, so Buck gets taken prisoner after this, and they, they put him in a cell, and one of the things that I thought was uh, actually kind of clever is they have these light lasers uh, that are the bars to the cell, and Buck walks up to the doorway, and they get they get brighter, right? And somebody makes the comment that they're these bars for the cell are body heat activated. I was like, I've never heard of that. I was like, that's something new to me. I don't know. Have you guys run into body heat activated cell bars? Oh, that's a new one to me. I mean, nothing that I'm going to talk about on this podcast. It's in my private life. But... <laughs> Oh my God! No, this this was wild. I caught a couple of things. I you had it uh, was it Felix Silla, the uh, smaller the diminutive guy who was Tweaky. He was at the bar out of costume, which I thought right. was awesome. Yeah. Um, what else did I catch? I love the oh, I love the the landing bay where it looked like all of the ships were Hot Wheels. Uh, the, the place the, the place was called Sinola, which was like oh, that's a little on the nose. And they kept making the the jokes about. The individual who really looked like Elsa from Frozen, who is clearly transgendered, and they, they made a couple of really like very very '70s kind of jokes about like oh watch you know and so uh, yeah I just can't get over the fight scenes. Pelosi yeah. was yeah very very much you know Marla Landers who is the the non Wilma side woman I, I wrote or the stick up her butt has a stick up her butt like she's uh-huh. just. Well, very, going, very anti-Wilma. Going back to the cast of guest characters, too, Joseph Wiseman is in this. He plays Dr. No in the James Bond. Ooh, right? the, and, the, and, first, and, the first one. And he's a henchman who's working for uh, Morgan Velosi. And he's going to um, inject uh, Felina with some something that's going to take care of her forever. Like, put her down kind of thing. And when he, <laughs> when when doggy heaven. Oh, right. yes, there yeah. you go. Send, to a, send her to a farm upstate. There you go. <laughs> but there's a, there's a goof, and you can catch it. When he's preparing the hypo, you can clearly see he's wearing a Timex wristwatch. That's <laughs> It's like, it's like it's from the 1970s. So it's like, it's not a digital watch either. It's got a face with the hour hands and stuff. And I'm like, not very high tech. Oh, no, it's a well, space I, antique yeah. that they got from Earth. Well, <laughs> so you know what? Away. 
And that works because if you think about it, kind of what's old is new again, because at the end, when Cesar Romero's character is handing over the top secret data, it's on an answering machine micro tape. <laughs> the micro, micro cassette, right? That was the. the yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. 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 I, I did I notice it. over all these episodes, like they couldn't decide on like what was the best storage medium. Like um, on some that was like it was like like almost like a diskette. Uh, cassettes. I mean, it was like then we probably got like crystals, data crystals too. It's like, can anybody figure this out? Like this, the format wars of like you know beta versus VHS. <laughs> I I didn't figure oh, out no. oh no, Betamax. All right, any any final thoughts before? Yeah. Oh, oh, last one. Wait, wait. I had one last one. The the voice of the blackjack machine was bat was the guy who did Batman on Super Friends. No totally way. I was I was wondering where that came from. Thank you for clearing that up. Uh, yeah, I was totally trying to nail that. I couldn't find it. I do want yeah. to just just briefly talk about the outfits too, because Todd brought it up, and I, I think it's <laughs> clearly something that has to come up. So, first thing I want to say is belts. I mean, oh you, my god, the belts <laughs> on this episode yep. got even wider. I mean, they. they <laughs> <laughs> I think. Velocity's big diamond encrusted beat. He was such a pimp, and it turned out he had he had space hose. So, I mean, it, he I nailed know. it. I kept, I kept waiting for somebody to come out wearing one of these World Wrestling Federation belts because <laughs> they were getting that big. I mean, they didn't hold back on, on 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 the belts. And they wear belts throughout the series, but there's a lot of different belts in this particular oh You know what? It's cheap to accessorize. I mean, you can turn <laughs> what did they say? You could turn like 15 out, you know, two outfits into 15 with a belt. Yeah, with with, yeah. A, with a belt exactly, just mix it up around. So, yeah. Todd, any final any final thoughts before we move on? Um, I I started remembering. I'm like, this was a show that didn't know what it wanted to be. To your point, uh, Jonathan, like in regard, it's like like. Did it want to be serious? Did it want to be jokey? And it was like you could tell it was of a time where TV primarily was that was either things were high drama or like goofy goof offs. And this was trying to be a little bit of both. And like you always got the still shot at the end of the episode where typically was Buck was had just told a zinger. Yeah, yeah it, it's just so bizarre. <laughs> Always. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad all those people died, but I'm yeah. dying for food. Ah! <laughs> We should end every. We need to end every one of our shows like this. Blah, 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 blah. Dun 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 dun, and put put the list at the bottom. Oh my God, good stuff. All right, well, let's move on. Jonathan, your turn to give us a summary of the spectacular planet of the Amazon women. So take it away. All right. Well, this is a pretty basic plot that I think would lure in viewers, uh, particularly fans of Gil Gerard, because we're going to have a planet full of women who are in need of men, and um. Buck goes to this planet. Uh, it's a planet of what they call it. it and uh, at the beginning, William Conrad uh, tees it up and he goes, it's a planet of desperate women. Right. <laughs> Whoops. Right. I hate it when that happens. Because yeah. uh, all the men, all the men broke out. They left. They didn't die. They were just like, ah, right. kidnapped, died. Yeah. 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 And there's chances well, to find elsewhere. Well, these Amazon women don't have enough warriors. So they're worried that some other planet's going to invade them. And um, they're they're a planet that's rich with well they have a they own a planet I guess there's another planet in play here so I should probably sort these out so they're on Xantia but they have mm -hmm. a, a another planet um, uh, Rath I think it's Ratha yeah there you go. yeah and um, so they want mining rights Earth wants mining rights to pull out uh, what they call uh, 
Barbarite? I don't know this. I don't know. It what makes this Barbasol. Is. You're shaving. Yeah, I was going to say. I was going to say it's it's a, it's a substance exclusively for yeah. barbershops, like you said. So so Buck goes to the planet to try and um, well, he has to. He's he gets a distress call is what brings him to the planet, and uh, these two women convince him that he should tow them into their planet, and that and it's a planet that they're not allowed to go to. But with the, he he works his way onto this planet, and that's when he discovers that it's full of women, and they're defenseless women, and it's ruled by um, uh, a a woman who is the like the the head of the city, and uh, um, she has a guy who is doing slave trading of men. Oh on, yeah, on Just the planet, a little, little little on the side, right, so big deal. right, right. Since men are scarce, they're a high commodity, and suddenly Buck becomes one of these commodities. And is sold into slavery. Little does he know that he actually isn't sold into slavery. He's sold to this uh, city head's daughter who's trying to change what's happening on the planet. So um, they have a lot of fun with this. Um, the, the thing that I uh, like about this particular episode is you get to see Buck on a horse. I, I had not seen him on a horse yet. So, and honestly, you know, Gil Gerard can ride horses. I mean, he's actually a pretty good horseman. I was actually impressed with what he was doing on these horses. Were those space horses? No, these were actually, you know, what imported from Earth. <laughs> that's, that's what amazes me about all of the people they bumped into out there is that they're all, so they're all human. Humanoids. Like they're, yeah. like, it's not like in Star Trek, but it just seems like, are they all from earth but they're all colonies or whatever i mean i guess that's yeah. never really made clear or it's just every humanoid species just happened to be like 100 speaking is it like a star trek thing they're 100 speaking english they don't look alien or they, they have the sporadic alien like when they went to the other universe and the war which mm -hmm. we talked about i don't know yeah so ann jeffries plays the prime minister of the planet she's the one that started calling the shots and it's her daughter and her daughter's name hold on a minute is ariel and yeah uh, yeah Right. So um, Anne Jeffries is familiar in sci-fi. She's actually a transplant from Battlestar Galactica, like many of these people are. Um, oh, of course. Yeah. So so she's crossed over to do yet another genre making show. Uh, but the, the the other thing I like, I, and let's go back to the horse riding really quick, because uh, there, there's sort of a goofy scene where they have to chase a spy who's listening to Buck and Ariel discuss what the problem is with the planet. And it's the fact they just don't have any men. So they're worried about being invaded. And oh, so man. The there's, man. A, there's a chase scene where they go after the spy and Buck can clearly ride a horse, but the, the two ladies are out of their element and the spy looks like she's going to fall off the horse throughout the entire chase. And Ariel, when she first gets on the horse, you got to see this. She can't get the horse to go. <laughs> it's a and go and yeah she's, she's kicking that horse i think in the frame at least 10 times before the heart, horse even decides oh my don't god the horse was indeed hurt at the in the making yeah, of this episode yeah, i think it yeah, it's exactly a few, a few too many times uh and then when they're chasing this woman she goes through this laser fence that happens to be between these trees out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I love that shit. And, and the thing is if you look at the fence Go around it. <laughs> they could have gone around. I'm, yeah, you can clearly see it's a very short fence. So anyway, I think no, it's, no, it would have slowed them down if they went around the tree. So they just gave up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's there's nothing that we can do. Well, oh, my God. 
And I think you you missed a part about like why she was spying because she wanted to get Buck for her own. So this was her plot just to ah. get some Buck love. And oh <laughs> man, oh man, I, 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 they and you'll see in future episodes. I don't know if Charlie you remember much about season two of Buck. No, I haven't, no, I haven't, haven't watched okay. it yet. Well, there is a robot. So they they introduce a new robot who's kind of a foil for Tweaky and Buck. He's kind of a oh. jerk. Um, and they actually reuse. So if you notice, like when they were doing the bidding for the, um, for the, 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 tri- the, the slave selling of the, the men, those, Will they use that robot those, again those um, uh, displays for it were actually the robot you'll see later, like tall, oh skinny head, thin arms. I'm like, Hmm, very economical. <laughs> right. Exactly. The same way, the same way all of the, uh, the SFX work and, and, uh, and, and a lot of the explosion stuff are all just stolen from Bellstar Galactica. So I love that the main dude, and, and before I really started as I was taking my notes, I wrote down that he was the uncle because these two girls, there's and there's a great seduction scene where they're they're trying to you know because uh, it's twin sisters and they're trying to they're trying to lure Buck in and then they'll put him into slavery. They have the slave auction, but the guy who is the slaver, I'd labeled him as Uncle Weasel because they call him Uncle at first and then he's very Weasley. He had the same role and again an episode of the old Star Trek. He was in that Dolman of Elas where the woman who she was super bitchy, but when she cried her tears would enslave men. It was a season three episode, so it was terrible. Uh, and you probably don't know what I'm talking about, but that's okay. Yeah. You're um, right. So Cassius, uh, the guy that plays yes. Cassius, Jay, Jay yes. Robinson, yeah. So, so he also appears in. And Charlie, you've talked a little bit about this. Is Voyagers? He's in there as a series. Oh yeah, yeah. Voyagers is is an. That's another series we're going to yeah, cover a little yeah. further so, on down the line. So here. He, he's going to resurface again. But anyway, yeah. I I think he does a good job as the slave trader. I I actually thought that the characters were pretty well picked for this. Um, you know, I'm not familiar with a lot of them, and there's a lot of people in this episode. Yeah. Um. Right. But, but I, I, you know, there's a couple of uh, um, uh, people, too, that like the voice of Dr. DeBronin, who is who is oh, the he's another jerk circle. Not the not the other thing. He's, he's <laughs> yeah. a little circle. The other thing. He's, an, he's another yeah. like Dr. Yeah. Theopolis, but right. he's got like a lot of DeBronin. He's got a lot of attitude. Don't like it. And it's I, like all the decision making between everything that needs to be decided suddenly gets negotiated between these two round <laughs> Clock faced. Yeah. <laughs> I call him the psycho clock in my notes. Do we ever know what the perf- was it like? Did they take like the um, like someone dies brain? and you can take their brain waves and put them into those devices? That seems likely. I mean, I, you'd probably have to watch yeah. the, uh, the 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 series premiere again because it might be in there. Uh, but I don't remember. Yeah. Oh my god. You didn't. You didn't so watch crazy. the series premiere. No, no, I did, but I just I don't okay. remember that detail. So okay. I'd have to go back. Yeah. No, I don't think they yeah, explain yeah. that at all. They don't do a lot of explaining on Buck Rogers. I mean, very thin details. Um, right. It was funny. You mentioned Jay Robinson. So I looked him up on IMDb. The, the description of him is hilarious. Like someone actually wrote this. It says, character actor Jay Robinson owned a pair of the narrowest, cruelest eyes in 1950s Hollywood. To compliment them with was an evil-looking sneer, crisp and biting diction, and a nefarious-sounding cackle. I mean, I want someone to say those things about me. Oh, Todd, I'll, I'll say those things about you because I think they're all true. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, my weird. gosh. 
So, God, what are some of the other notes that I took down? I just, I love the, um, I love the soft rock seduction when the twin sisters are uh, trying to get, oh, what did I write early up? I uh, wrote, uh, Wilma's all stressed out over negotiations, yada, yada, aliens, but God, she just looks fantastic. And Buck yeah. says, I'll get you a present, and here it is, and he, sh- he shows it to her, and that's the clue when she goes to rescue him that she sees Uncle Weasel wearing it, and she's like, ah, that's how I gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, these it's funny, these two ladies are like, whatever, the two sisters get a funny feeling when they turn on the video and see buck's face and they're like oh so not only are they they're, they're into him but this is before you know that they're basically they're slavers but they they kind of dig him and they try to seduce him by drinking were they drinking like high like they look like they were drinking it was draconian brandy or something like that but it was blue it was like a blue hawaiian that's all we know um everybody yeah blue Blue Caraco or whatever that is. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> while you're on drinks too, there's a there's a cut to Doctor Theopolis and Tiki's bringing him a drink. And I, I no, not just one drink. He brought him two. Well, he said, "I'll make." He says, "Doctor Theopolis says I'll, I'll make it a double." I, I was like, "What are you going to do with it? You're a, you're you're a I got man. it. I don't know. It's like it's like they have those drinking birds. He's a drinking clock. He just if you put him on a thing, they'll go back and forth." <laughs> I, yeah. uh, oh. oh boy. And there was some, th- there, and you'll see another recurring theme of this is Buck constantly brings up like his old witticisms and things right. like, and then Tweaky apparently, Tweaky has apparently downloaded witticisms, witticisms of the time as well. So he's also doing it. I'm yeah, like, all of his sides are so great. I, that's the, yeah, it's like, let's get it on. I don't know if he says it in this Dead episode. Deadbeat or uh, all these things. And it's just so weird. When it's, it's not the other way around where Buck is actually learning anything. He's like, society's right. changing because I'm here. I will not yeah, take right. any of your things. It's all about me. I am, an, yeah. I am an agent of change. Watch out. I did write that all the horse riding stuff was in the same park in L.A. where they, they did a holodeck sequence of, of Picard riding a horse, which was an episode of Star Trek. I watched this yesterday because it was on. But yeah, there there are so many like we just filmed this in L.A. and it was somewhere cheap that we could go that we could film some afternoon that somebody wasn't around and it cost us 50 bucks. It was There's a lot of that. We also get to see Buck in tight leather. And, oh, well, and, that, that's and, worth the presentation. Well, you know, he's the beefcake of the show and um, and they put him in a vest and, and the whole time he's outside, I'm thinking he's got he's got to be cold because there's no shirt <laughs> under the vest. And it's cold. Oh, Cut down he's to got all that hair to keep him warm. Yeah, I guess because I was like, no wonder he's so tan. He never put the shirt on. So, oh so, um, <laughs> so leather. That was yeah. something new because usually he's wearing those white stirrup pants. You know, yeah, so, polyester. So right. Yeah, <laughs> Poly, polyester keeps yeah. you warm. Oh my goodness! All right. Well, uh, other thoughts before we. Oh, I also love that. Um, the, the we had the moment at the end with the, the buck freezing. He was like. I'll make you some sweetbread, Wilma. So it's like, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. they're barely a will they, won't they? Because even in in the first yeah. episode, she curses him, and then nothing happens from that. And then when he, when he's going off to the other universe, in the episode yeah. we talked about last episode, she has this huge long speech, and at the end of it, he's like, he's like, bye, Felina. He like doesn't do anything about it. So what? <laughs> they're so will they, won't they? Oh my god! And it's, it's, it always seems to be won't they. It's it's very odd, yeah. And I, it, like he just willy nills or willy nilly calls her Wilma when they're actually on duty. Uh, she's a colonel. It just doesn't right. make any sense. And um, it, it there is some very odd things like the fact that he just happened to find the barbarite. 
Um, I'm right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. The right. They yeah. apparently have no geologists. They have no scientists that would understand this is something that's a mineral just, that could be useful and could. It's be, just under a tree. He's like, <laughs> and then and then they all just go along with what Buck says. Like, don't tell them what the plan is. Just go along with what Buck says because you know, obviously, he he's knows ne- the customs and everything of their of our time. Oh my god, he's never wrong. He's he's very intuitive, and he just really he's yeah. just he, he he's every hero in one. He's you know what he would he would slap Flash Gordon on the on, on the face. Just no, absolutely no, especially the Flash Gordon from the movie they made they made that went after the show went off the air because mm-hmm. that guy sucked. But anyway, yes, that's right. I threw down against Flash Gordon. Come get me, Seth MacFarlane. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan, any final thoughts before we move on? Well, the, the nice thing about this episode is at the very end, uh, every woman on the planet seems to get, <laughs> get a mate because there's this big cargo ship that brings in all these guys and the guys are flocking to the so once right. again, sex wins and um, right. Everybody's yeah. humping. That's what I read. Yeah. yeah. So every, everybody's happy. Well, um, you know, oh and that's God. the thing. We didn't get to see anybody like waiting for the guy to come back and he never did. Ah. <laughs> that's right. No, nobody died. Everybody, yeah. everybody got paired, paired up at the end of the high school dance. Oh my goodness. All right, Todd, the next episode is yours. Cruise ship to the stars. Oh my goodness. You know, it's again, we're going to vacation. Wonderland, it's the place everybody wants to be. Um, this is a very odd setup. Uh, apparently, there is still beauty pageants in the future, um, but it's Love based it. on Straight. what's inside, and literally, it's your DNA. Aww. Right. <laughs> it's, it's not about your character. It's just your perfect specimen because apparently you've got the perfect DNA. Um, it's been graded by sci- DNA scientists. So Miss Cosmos, uh, she is delectable she is what everyone deems as the most uh perfect human being and she is getting essentially attacked on this cruise ship and they can't find who the person is did it and they can't afford apparently like space security so they have to as a favor buck is sent in to uh basically determine what's going on and can he save her and then wilma is sent up as backup as well just to make sure everything goes according to plan and that's kind of our setup and then we find out essentially this is a tale of i'm going to call it um mrs jekyll and mr hyde is that right right mrs and mrs Yes. Mr. Mrs. Co- completely on target. Yes. Jekyll and yes, Hyde. Nailed it. Yeah. Yep. Right. So, so yeah. So we're trying to figure out why they, they want Miss Cosmos. And, and as we go through this, we find out, well, she's worth a lot for her. I guess they're going to sell off her DNA. <laughs> so that's right. Exactly. Well, they're going to literally, they're going to turn her into cutlets. Cause that's what, Oh, well, they know, brought happened. in the doctor. No yeah. laser. Yeah. They brought in the doctor. Yes, no exactly. Yeah. No, it's a golden, uh, golden, goldfinger. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So we we eventually find that, but there is then um, other plot lines that are going along the road. And then we do find out that we do indeed find out that this woman that Buck runs into because she's collapsed, apparently she's having some mental health issues sent to the cruise ship to relax. And when we actually find out she's a mutant who, because of her mental abilities, she transforms into this other woman that happens to always be in the same clothes as she is. So no one gets that hint. Uh, <laughs> yeah, same, and, and they're the same size. So exactly. even though, even though that, what did I call her in my notes before we figured out what's going? On? I called her. Um, I think I called her uh, Me- uh, Meek Girl and. Uh, 
the overbearing boyfriend, and then the, the it was it was a psycho Jedi chick because she had the force. She's got like power. one of those she hair crimpers that was like the the hair yeah. of the future. You're, you're different. I mean, your hair, yeah. And let's not even talk about the fact that Wilma has a perm in this that would stop traffic. My God, that <laughs> hair. Yeah, let's talk about that. So she sent in is basically. <laughs> She's she's portraying a old like a socialite that apparently everybody knows who the socialite is. So it's and she's not wearing, exactly yeah. She's wearing every piece of jewelry that anyone could ever. She looks like Mr. T. All that. And she has long hair in real life, <laughs> but then she's given this weird perm, which would not be her real hair. So I understand. So everybody thought that's a sexier look than her real hair. So I disagree. We, perms, we must don't have know. Been, you know. Okay, Jonathan. Quick question, man of the times. Did you deem like? perm was the sexiest of the hairstyles at your time was that a thing well actually yes because i had a perm at that time so so I, that was back photo. Back. we gotta have a photo yeah yeah um, unfortunately that does not exist i burned them all oh so, it's so, not, that's not a, that, not, that's not by accident it's not yeah. too late bring it back yeah. so, so, <laughs> i'm gonna get I, i'm gonna get in touch with your mother hold on yeah so, <laughs> so, so perms at that time i mean guys were getting them as well as women and and that type of style was very trendy so you know, when, when Tweaky makes the comment, oh, Wilma looks foxy, you know, you, that's, 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 <laughs> I a, that down too. Yuck. that's a sign <laughs> of the times. And, um, you know, not to say that Aaron Gray doesn't look good with a big head of hair, you know, um, almost a metal uh, sized, uh, you know, quaff on her head. But, but this perm, I think she's and she's trying to be what undercover. Yes. So they had to do something uh, without being like too dramatic. So they put this hair on her, and and I tell you, this hair gets a lot of attention for people that watch the show. It's, oh, absolutely! It's yeah. such a big departure oh, for her, and I think I thought she looked good. So I think that most people would agree with that. I don't know, Todd. What did you think? I will say. <laughs> She looked good if she was like twenty years older. I don't know when I would. I see that perm today. I think of like elderly ladies, like my mom, or like yeah. well, they go with the perm. They go with the, like the hair helmet when they get to a, a lady of a certain age. She looked a bit like Mrs. Roper from Three's Company, don't you think? Uh, I mean, don't think about it, right? That was what, that was what it was. And she wasn't wearing a house dress, at least. So we'll at least yeah. give her credit oh. for that. But yeah, she was she was masquerading as like this socialite that you know, but. So we find out more about that, but essentially, the the uh, so the the Mrs. Hyde is teamed up with this gentleman who uh, essentially met her a year ago, and that's the thing. They Buck runs into her when she has a collapse, and she doesn't know she's transforming into um, the 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 Mr. Hyde, uh, Mrs. Hyde. Like, I'm losing my I'm losing my story here with the two, but. Um, <laughs> Right. So she she doesn't remember, but she has like these fla- like these these like visions of hurting other people, and so she's not exactly sure what's going on. But Buck finds her, so they end up get, getting having a friendship, and she meets right. her boyfriend. Who, the boyfriend apparently she doesn't remember how they met. Uh, it's just a very dicey story um, yeah, right. in regards to this. Yeah, Miss Cosmos is kind of in this, and she Charlie wanted to note about she was a Playboy Bunny of the Year. But she is not yeah. one of the hottest women on the show. That's the funny part. It's like, yeah, she's okay, right. but I've seen hotter women on Buck Rogers. So, oh, jeez, um, listen to you. I, I don't know. I've seen hotter. Try, try <laughs> I, if I, you I, looked at the roster of women on Buck Rogers through time. Oh, 
like the princess. So we, Holy cow. We didn't even get an episode with Princess Ardala. Holy no, crap. No, no. Um, but uh, yeah, I wrote at one point, I called her Meek Girl. That's why I called Allison. And I said, I, I wrote, I can't stand her whiny, her whiny shit. And April was in the room. She's like, I said, she's like Luke Skywalker. And April chuckled. I was like, like when she says to Buck, Buck, I didn't know who else to turn to. And I wrote my notes. We just met. I'm going crazy now. Big red flag. Run away, Buck. So, I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I'm not sick. Yeah. Oh, my God. And yeah. the guy who was the boyfriend, it was actor Lee McCluskey. He was somebody of note in the 70s. Wasn't he in a bunch of other stuff, Jonathan? He, just, yeah. His name worked, is familiar. Yeah, he works steady. Um, he plays the part of Jailer, uh, um, uh, although um, his girlfriend calls him Jay. So sometimes he can right. call that. But he, he went Jay. On, yeah, he went on to be very active as an actor. He does show up in Star Trek Voyager uh, in an episode later on as a character named Sad. Tyrion. So so he Oh, that's he, why it sounds so familiar. Oh, I I I it just yeah. it just clicked with me. I won't bore you with the details. Right. And but then I, Trisha, I figured it out. Trisha Noble who's in this as well plays Sabrina. She's the alter ego to Allison who's played by Kimberly Beck. Um another plastic outfit on Sabrina. Trisha also. Noble goes on to be in Star Wars. Uh she plays a regular character there as Jamal. So so she really? uh, yeah, so some of these characters found their way into other sci-fi. Um, uh, gotcha. Maybe later on, not so much the early stuff, but but this is they, kind they of either they either came from Star Trek or ended up in Star Trek. Yeah, and, <laughs> it was this was the the Star Trek bus. And and Patty Patty Maloney, who plays uh, Tina in this uh, episode, she also went on to play in Star Trek Voyager in another episode. I think like season two, early in the episode. So. So there's oh there's a, there's some crossover nice. in here. Um, one of the characters that stands out to me is when Wilma enters with her. Uh, I'm going to call it a wig uh, because I don't think it's a real hair. Um, and there's I some, imagine. And there's some debate around that. I'm on the wig side of things because I don't. Yeah, totally. I think so too. Yeah, I don't see her cutting her hair for the series. But let's not forget that this is like one of the first times we see her legs. Oh, that's right. Yes. Oh, you her, without the benefit of a skin. It's like the bikini. Outfit. It's like the right. bikini bottom with the skirt, flight, which is new. Right. Um, that's not right. something that normally you would see with her because she's a, you know, colonel. So she's always going to be right. in uniform. So she's outside of uniform. So that's something. So the don't forget, don't let the hair distract you. There's other things you can see in that scene. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, so there's a couple of things that stick out to me that we have to talk about. Okay, the costume. And this costumer is really proud of his work. All right. Um, he should be. Costumes, I have to admit, a lot of times are kind of fun. This one really sticks out. It's when, when Jailer, uh, who, who has to dress up in this white outfit, he's wearing oh. like slip-on Keds. And he's wearing a bonnet <laughs> over his head. And I can't figure out why he's wearing the bonnet because it serves literally no purpose. Is it a disguise? He's got glasses. He's got a gun. I, he, I, I don't know. And how do you sneak around in a white outfit? Normally, you know, criminals will wear black. Well, aren't that, isn't that like, uh, yeah, right. he well, he was, he was, wasn't he masquerading as part of the crew? Why he wears. Can you guys explain this outfit? Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, I thought it was part of the crew costumes, wasn't Are it? You like, familiar with this? No. Did I lose oh, sound I, here? Hold on. Oh. No, you're here. You're here. We can, can hear you. Guys yeah, hear me? I just, I can you hear up. me? Yeah. Yeah, we're good. I got okay. everybody. No, I was going to say, I think it was part of the actual crew of the ship, and they were kind of undercover to do some things behind the scenes. Like, he kept on talking to that one guy. He's like, you don't get paid to think. You're going to do what I say. So I think he was part, when he was wearing that, was like part of the, the uh, kind of like the crew on the ship. Yeah, because I, I, I did notice that Bonnet does make an appearance on a woman in uh, Vegas in space. Because I'm like, where did this come from? And maybe it's the oh same 
maybe it's the same thing. Right. It, it it looks so out of character. Um, as far as why would he even wear it? Um, but but going going back into this episode too, there's some things that stick out, and one thing is Twi- uh, Tweaky's love interest. Oh, my God, I wrote a lot about this. Holy crap! <laughs> what is so Tina, Tina? And she what's her catchphrase? What Todd? What's the catchphrase? Booty booty booty. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> booty booty booty. No, so weird. Oh my god! And then the, the suggestion that the two of them go off and have robot sex and they can reproduce. <laughs> you want you somebody want somebody want to break down the the mechanics of that for me, or better yet, please don't break down the mechanics. And of that they're for not me. even like quiet. Like they're on a mission, and this is what yeah. you're doing, dude. Put it in your yeah. pants or keep it in your yeah. robot pants. I don't know what robot. He does it. He, uh, keep it just in your in the the husk of your robot. Well, what? Uh, I'm thinking he uses a hard hands drive. Are up. He uses a hard drive. That's all I can say. I Is don't there know. USB ports no, on these things? Did he, did he scan for viruses? Oh, come on. There's got to be some more really evil, yeah. easy Well, I, I made the note that uh, Tina is the gold to Tweaky Silver. Because they're yes. kind of. Oh, yeah, they, boy. And then they have to dance and they do the bump. Oh yes! Oh, the dancing. We haven't even talked about like the dancing. Dancing yeah. is like a huge part of the show. Go, and like, go, go Todd. <laughs> all, all, oh my goodness! Either have ropes as part of a dance, which is a real oh, thing. That, that's in the next episode, which we're going to have a lot of fun. Oh, okay, well, well, they had the platforms. Like they, they're putting their hands on the platform and going ah, ah, moving I, their I, hands. You, I, I, I call those the cheese wheels because they look like wheels. <laughs> <of cheese. laughs> It was so weird, but, but music and the dancing was a big part of like apparently just the whole series because it seemed like that kept on coming back. It was like we're undercover, right. so we're gonna go dancing. I mean, well, it was it was the seventies. Jonathan, is that what people just did? You're like, oh, I gotta go visit my grandmother in the hospital. Dun 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 dun. dun. Everywhere you went, no? Yeah, disco was hot. People did carry boomboxes, so you know this is when music started to be mobile. Of course, the boomboxes were bigger than your head, but but yeah, there was. <laughs> There was there was a lot of that going on, and disco was very much um, a, a, a thing through the seventies. It's we're sort of at the tail end of disco because by the nineteen eighties, um, rock and roll was on a mission to kill it. So and it, and they yes. and they succeeded. You know, like Casey and the Sunshine Band was pretty well done. But we're still in the disco area. That that late seventies was very much a disco time. That's why you know when you see them in these uniforms and they're all tight spandex. I mean that disco. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what people yep. were oh wearing yeah. so so um, <sighs> but I, you know I agree that that you know whoever came up with these dance steps really didn't think them through it's like okay we're going to take these lighted ropes and we're going to or, or, no they're strings it looked like strings yes and, the rope dance or whatever and, it was and, yeah. and Wilma's dancing with two other guys and they're like you know interlocking their ropes like it's something magical and then and then and they have the thing where they're dancing where they have to keep their hands on the stacks of cheese or, or bad <laughs> things will happen I couldn't understand oh my anything. god but they keep putting their hand, put, put their hand right there. Got to put the hand on the cheese. So I, you know, I, I can't hand on the cheese. I can't figure it out. But it definitely has an era entertainment. Now I do have some compliments though, because um, this is yeah. So so if you look at the cruise ship, like the model cruise ship that they show when the cruise ship's going through, it's actually pretty cool. 
Right. Yes, yeah, they did. Uh, like we, I didn't really get the Hot Wheels vibe that I did in the last episode with the little the little models and stuff. No, and I, how how dreadful the the SFX was in the two part War Witch episode yeah. with the the crashing in the other universe. It was just like no, it looks like a cruise liner, and it and, and it looks like something you'd want to be on. And they put a swimming pool in it, and everybody's in like gold and silver bathing suits. And you know, the love boat was really hot at this time. So. So to, to sort of go with what Todd said, I kind of wrote down and I, I literally I wrote, it's like the love boat meets Jekyll and Hyde. I yes. mean, it, 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 <laughs> right. That was like, hey, we're going to pull these two things together. And I, I think that Miss um, Cosmos, because there's two storylines, right? We're stealing the DMA, but we also have this woman who has a split personality. Right. right? And we're trying to sort right. all, all this out. And um I, I think that uh, Miss Cosmo was there to be the eye candy for the love boat type of flavor yeah. for the right, show. Right, right. So the, the non-sci-fi part of it. So yeah. I had I had, a, I had a handful of notes. There was a magnet fork, which is awesome. You can eat, but you push a button and it just sucks <laughs> your food. It would look delicious, yeah. by the way. I yeah. would eat more of yeah. that. Yeah, it was that I can't picture it, but was it like in Star Trek where they just ate colored shapes? Was it yeah, yeah, (laughs) nutrition cubes. Mm. Yeah. Oh my God. No, and I love, yeah, the stuff about Tina and Tweaky just absolutely made me want to vomit in my hat. That's just so bad. What else did I have? Oh, I love early, early in the, uh, uh, the episode, it was, you know, can I offer you some more forest scent for your cabin? Is that something that you want? Like, I'm going on a cruise in a month. Am I? Should I be asking for, like, a scent to be in? Like, can you give me some more, like, taxi cab air, air, air fresheners or whatever? It was just, oh, my God. And then the captain is like, he's, he's such a puss puss. He's like, well, I don't want to put security people out because that might upset people. It was just, oh. And uh, the doctor, I, I got this great one. Uh, Dr. Hewer is talking into a radio at the end that looks like electronic football. That's great. Easy set reproduction. Good stuff. Save some money. Yeah. Um, I, I do have one more thing that I, I want to add because it's, it's kind of obvious if you watch for it. Right in the beginning, Sabrina, uh, on her very first attempt to get at uh, Miss Cosmos, she um, is throwing the guards around in the hallway, and um, the door is open. And you can, you can see Miss Cosmos through the door, right? And she's watching everything that's happened. And then you see her jump to close the door because Sabrina's now coming for her, right? And she then, was on her phone. She's like, oh, shit. Then it's, a cut, then it's a cut to the close-up, and guess what? There's Miss Cosmos jumping again. <laughs> I fell down. I had to jump again. So there's like, so there's like, you see her jump to get the door, and then they cut to a close up, and then she cuts to jump to get the. It's like she did it twice, and and once would have done it because she was already there on the first try. So um, there's a goof there. They didn't. The continuity's off uh, there. Yeah, they, they. It's a double take of her closing the door, and it's pretty obvious. I don't know how they missed it. (laughs) Are there no space cameras? Because yeah, like you think there'd be crap. cameras everywhere. Nobody yeah. knows who this person is, and she right. keeps coming back to do the same thing, and nobody yeah. remembers what she looks like. It's That's a mystery. Okay. What's going on? Where's yeah. the security that we need? You're right. You're right. Apparently, they oh can't afford God. it on this cruise ship <laughs> because you know, if anything goes bad, that's great for publicity, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It'd be good for business. Uh, Todd, final thoughts before we move on to the epic final episode, which has to do with the space ropes, by the way. But yes, please. Yeah. So I did really like the 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 um, of the episodes. I think this had the coolest like idea of like someone who's a split personality have different abilities. I liked that. I liked the struggle between the two because it, it, something would 
basically trigger one taking over the other. Um, but the transformation music was amazing. I loved it. It was so great. My wife's like, what is going on? What is this horrible music? I'm like, it's Oh my amazing. God, you, you actually... You actually got Chris to watch these as well. That's oh, she was. She's like, I don't want to watch any more of this. I'm like, no, you were gonna. Watch, I'm gonna watch more <laughs> of these because I'm loving it. But I will also say, I didn't understand her powers whatsoever. It was like she was supposed to be a super right, strong. Right. Right. Why did she have the 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 force powers? Yeah, and they finally chase her down with the sonic blast, but they all chase her around in a circle, and that makes her that kills off Sabrina. Like, oh, she's dead forever, and she's just Allison. It's like, isn't that murder? So maybe that's not yeah. super cool. I don't know. You know, they, they don't have those. Yeah, those. Kind and there of was no fight like training whatsoever with her because if you saw how she was attacking people and fighting. It was some of the worst, like, makeup, like, drama club fighting I've ever yeah. seen in my life. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, terrible. My goodness. All right. Uh, okay, let's wrap this up, Todd. The last episode is yours, Space Rockers. Oh, my God, I just can't wait. Um. Wow, Space Rockers. <laughs> I, 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 tr- we, you know, this, this episode was all about this band called Andromeda and they were the biggest band across the galaxy and unfortunately all of these violent incidents were occurring when music was played these these teen punk teens which I've never seen an older group of teenagers in my life. <laughs> it was it was a while until you get around to Beverly Hills 90210. Apparently, you know, youth is like up 30s. to age twenty nine as youth at the time, because right. uh, oh. that's what these were. But yeah, so and they were they were these these riots were happening at Music World, which is apparently it's like Disneyland but with music, but only one. It was band. like a, it, it was a scuttled military installation. I think they said at one point. Yeah, exactly. So it was just this. Was this weird, like derelict piece of junk in Earth's orbit? So this, this was it. They didn't have to go far away for this one because it's in Earth orbit. No, so they, they, they. So basically, uh, apparently, because of these incidents, they were worried this was going to spread this violence, and so they sent Buck in again to determine what was driving all of this problem. So he was showing up as kind of like undercover, as like he's going to be Buck Rogers. He's going to be the MC that introduces them. So that's his cover to get in there. And uh, basically uh, introduce group, but also undercover what is going on. Um, and essentially, this was the music episode, which I will say, um, the music that they played was pretty cool. I liked it. it I was dug it. Neat. I totally yeah. dug it. And Andromeda rocked. And I think they even make a comment that they the funky song continuously played by the band is Odyssey by. Johnny Harris, who composed the track for the episode, I gotta look for that stuff on on to see if that exists somewhere because I would totally they, have that. They released it as a single. They, oh, they I love it. Yeah, they did. So you you might find it on a forty five record or something. But yeah, they oh did my release God. that song as a single. Um, yeah, I thought the music was really cool too. I, I honestly think that you know um, the the instruments though were very similar because all they had to do is sort of wave their hands and magically right. play. And, 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 and the drummer, I, I couldn't quite figure out what he was playing because it didn't resemble anything to do with drumming. It looked like he was just banging on crystals or something. It was Coke bottles, right? But, it's like, do you want to yeah, like have a yeah. Coke bottle? And the other guy, the keyboardist, was just he was just bapping levers with like he had a stick and he hit another stick, but they yeah. were all set up. It was like it was yeah. like a council on a spaceship. He was like, bing, 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 
<laughs> yeah, and the guy waving his hands, uh, he looked like he was playing a theremin. Sort of like, you know, I, <laughs> I put my hand over these spots that are like emanating some sort of uh, vibe. I can make a sound and then suddenly I have magical music coming out of it. And, um, you know, I thought that the music, though, I'm with Todd on that one. I thought, and you as well, I, I thought the music was pretty good, um, you know, for yeah. this episode. Um, and I wasn't surprised when I actually read that it was released as a single because I'm like, yeah, they probably went for it. Because some of the shows yeah. in that era, especially around the 70s, like I, I love the Rockford Files, too. That was a show that I watched right around the 70s. Oh, yeah. <gasps> And that I, was one of your dad's favorites, Todd. I remember and, you told me. It was, one, yes. One of, one of the first records that I bought in uh, ever was um, the Rockford Files theme written by Mike Cole. Oh, so good. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and the, um, the harmonica player uh, who, who plays on that track played on Sanford and Son, and he played on a lot of the there, 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 there. Yeah, and I, uh, his name is uh, uh, Morgan. I can't think of uh, I, th- I think that's his last name. But anyway, um, yeah, he made his living just playing the harmonica. But I'm getting off track here. <laughs> I um, want that life. I just yeah. want to be the harmonica yeah. guy. Todd yeah. Extra, CV, harmonica. Yeah. So, so I, want, CV. I want to jump to Jerry Orbach because I've never seen Jerry Orbach do anything other than um, Law and Order. Uh, so, <laughs> Me neither. So, well, no, no, no. Well, he was the dad in Dancing. Dead. Dead. dancing. Yeah. Yeah, okay. there you go. That was it. Okay. Two things on his CV. Those, yeah, that's so, and so this. He, he plays the very sinister Mar- Lars Mangros in this. And, and <laughs> that's a porn name. Yeah. And Mangros. <laughs> you just need a W in there, and it's a total porn yeah. name. Mangros. Well, and he's a, he's a, he's a rich, he's a, a, a huge record executive, and, and he's out to not only make money off of music, especially the, the space rocker group that, that uh, everybody loves on Dramata, but he also wants to control the world using the music, uh, what, what's hidden inside, right? So, so, it's does a total... he work for Ticketmaster? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, or basically Cobra, because wasn't this his plotline of the G.I. Joe cartoon? Yeah. That, Slither. That, that must have taken inspiration. It's Cold Slither. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so he's using mind control, which is always fun. And um, he's weaponizing it in his rock music as a way of controlling teenagers and getting them to act out. And something that sticks out to me, too, is... Um, <laughs> Whenever these teenagers act out, there seems to be glassware everywhere, and I don't understand if you're, if you're. All right, they just roll, roll in. Here we go. It's like a break room. They just roll in. Yeah, if you're if you're having problems with teens smashing things, I think we should fill the room with glass. I think that would really take care of everything. As fancy of a space as you can make, because teenagers demand fanciness. Right, exactly. You know, yeah, their expectations are high. There's no doubt about it. Um, yeah. So, and and another person I want to point out is um, Lars Mangros has a henchman named oh, Yara. Oh my God, Richard so, Mull. Richard Mull. So another awakening for me. Uh, Richard Mull did something outside of Night Court. So uh, there's a couple things <laughs> right. in there where I, I learned that these actors it. had other things that they did in science fiction of all things. And um, I liked Richard Mull in this. I think he, you know, he plays himself, which is pretty much what he does. And I right. thought he, I thought he played a, a good henchman. Um, and I think they get into a fight. Doesn't he and Buck get into a fight or something? I'm trying to. Well, yeah. it's, it's 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 Buck Fu all over again. Buck leaps over a table yeah. and he's, he does. He, he knocks him down much. with one flying kick. Much. Yeah, he didn't get it. And then he knocks him back up against uh, a panel of of like lights or whatever. And you would expect that it would explode and kill him, but it doesn't. So you know, he Buck spared him or whatever. So yeah, I, and I just oh. want to like bring in another. Subplot of this. So apparently they uncovered Buck, but he had planned. And so what does the, the villain do to take him down? He convinces his 
uber hot girlfriend, Judy Landers of the Landers sisters of the time. They are beauty royalty of the 80s. They were in right. everything. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. 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 So he convinces her to seduce oh, yeah. Buck, plays the music in their room to kill him with like a space injector. Right. And that's the, this guy is not a really good mastermind criminal. It just seems like right. not much was thought about uh, figuring this out. Right. Yeah, what, once right. again, no, no once again they're listening to the murder. They're not watching it with video. So I don't know where the cameras are. Uh, they didn't have enough of that. Yeah. That's just the thing. We talked about it. There's there's cameras everywhere. It's like in Star Trek. There's cameras in weird places. And cameras know when to zoom in and zoom out. That's what's amazing about uh, cameras in the future. They're smart cameras. It's incredible. Oh, my God. So I wrote, I said, uh, Rick Springfield, who I absolutely love as a musician, he was a contract player for Universal in the in the late 1970s, which, is, of course, who made the show. And I just cannot believe that they did not find a way to work him into this. He was in the original Battlestar Galactica. He was Apollo's brother, Zach, who died in the first 10 minutes. He was in an episode of Wonder Woman where he again played a musician in a band that somehow got involved in nefarious stuff. So I don't know how they didn't put him in Andromeda, who, by the way, the, my first note is the band is the Teletubbies, because look at them with all the stuff they were <laughs> oh, Dodgers or something like that. It was just weird. Yeah, yeah. Duck Dodge. That's you know that's a good tie. Duck Dodgers. Which my is, wife course, told me I should bring yeah. that up. I'm like everybody's gonna know Duck Dodgers, but apparently I had to drop the Duck Dodgers. I got. Yeah. I I got it. But anyway, I was super bummed that Rick Springfield was not in this. So Rick, I got your back. I'm a huge Rick Springfield fan, and I just cannot believe he was in this. What, but there was one notable off. member of the band. So Leonard Lightfoot, he was one of the black guys. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he's, you've seen him in everything. I, but he was oh, notably yeah. the first like guy that was in uh, Silver Spoons, the first black guy in Silver Spoons. Yeah, and that was, was mysteriously re- replaced like after season one or two. Which is sad. Was he re- was he replaced by the other, by the other black guy? Because the other Correct. black guy was super. Correct. Cool. Yes. Je- Jesse, Jesse D. Uh, Goins was. I don't know if I clicked on him and saw what else he was in, but his his face here. I click on. Oh, the yeah, movie. Alfonso yeah. Ribeiro's dad on that show. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Correct. Yeah. J- Jesse Goins was in, was in a bunch of stuff. Dukes of Hazard and yeah, Ro- RoboCop three, RoboCop. Oh, he was the he was the one dude in RoboCop, the, the black guy in RoboCop. There the one know. dude, the Boom. one black that, guy in RoboCop. The one black guy in RoboCop, which is set in Detroit. <laughs> I tell you, being from Detroit, there's more than one black guy. But totally anyway, but I digress. Totally realistic. <laughs> yeah. So 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 I did capture a couple of goofs. So the first thing is, <laughs> first thing is. Tweaky says to Buck that he can't go into the garbage chute because the garbage chute is too narrow and he won't fit. But then all the shots of the garbage chute with Tweaky in him, he's standing up walking through. There's tons of room in that garbage chute. So much room, right. So so I'm like, Buck could have easily made it through. They really didn't think through the garbage chute. And and it's kind of funny when they actually released the garbage and Tweaky's like sliding on his back, almost going out the chute. He's like, oh, boy, right, I'm, in, I'm in trouble, you know. Beedy, 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 oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And then when they're trying to get through, um, I think there are these metal doors that are they're, they're held captive, and they think that they can uh, get through them. And, and um, the girl says, um, no, we can't get through that. That metal is chromide, right? And then a little while later, Buck says, well, yeah, that, that metal is chronite. So now the metal has changed to something else. So I'm like, I, I, I'm going to look up this metal. I need to know what the heck they were supposed to be saying. They're actually supposed to be saying chromite. 
So Chrome both Oval. of them, most of them botched it, and it is a metal based. Uh, it's made from iron ore, and it's chromium. So chrome. So so they just didn't get the word right um, when they were identifying the metals that they couldn't get through because obviously they clearly don't know what it is. So um, oh so, so that, I thought that was funny. Um, I thought too early in the show, Buck and uh, Deering and um, Hewer discussed the uptick in the youth crimes, right? And then. Uh-huh. Hewer, Hewer shows a video, and the teens are, like, acting out, and uh, he makes the comment. Yeah, and they're they're wearing uniforms, and that's disturbing. Oh, I saw those guys. Like, who are those guys? They're, like, an actual, like, gang, but they're yeah. wearing, like, these set uniforms. I didn't yeah. understand that part. Yeah, so these are Lars uh, Mangros's army that he's trying to build right. out of these teen myths, you know, that, that, oh. that he can control. Right. So I sort of finally put it together, but I was like, "Ooh, if you wear a uniform, you're you're trouble. That's not good." Oh, yeah. uh, Gosh, yes, everybody, mischief, everybody knows that. So one of the scenes of mischief that I thought was just the most <laughs> ridiculous thing in the world, uh, there was two teens you kept on seeing through the, the whole entirety of the episode. It looked like a young Seth yeah. Meyers from the '70s, Charlie. It did. <laughs> I um, totally. And they stole Buck Starship. What the hell? Where was the security? No, kids can just get in there yeah. and take a starship and, and, and go. And- that would be like somebody stealing like Mavericks F-16. No big deal. I got this. Beep, bop, boop, bop, beep. And then at the end of it, they're like, I don't know what's going on. There's no repercussions for these kids. They're not held over. They're like, oh, didn't Buck say, uh, I, don't make me have to call your parents or some something like that. It's like, oh, my God. Jerry Orbach also has a great end. Let me tell you about my evil plan moment. Uh, so he, he just didn't care. Yeah, he says to his girlfriend, he's like, hey, go have sex with Captain Rogers. And she's like, okie dokie. Doo, 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 doo. And then, like said, Todd, we get, you know, gets into Todd was talking about how she has the evil space file is going to kill him. And at the end of it, she's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Burr, 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 burr. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. How did Tweaky know how big the trash chute was? I mean, I don't, did he have, he have some schematics or whatever? Well, and Buck had to lift him up like a toddler, which I thought, like, that's yeah. also demeaning because I apparently can't, like, bend his legs. Yeah, right. <laughs> or really kind of get himself up there. He, do, he, doesn't, um, he doesn't do stairs because that happens in other episodes. He doesn't do stairs. I'm just telling you. Bump, bump. Like, like you see in the, the original uh, Star Wars when they're they're walking down the stairs into Dacky B94 to see the Millennium Falk for the first time. You see R2 and behind and he's like he's like whittle waddling his way down the stairs. It's kind of the same thing, which is obviously, you know, Tweaky and Dr. Theopolis are R2D2 and C3PO for this show. So, uh, yeah, kind of the same deal, but not quite as crack and wise. So the concert scene at the end, what, what I, wrote, I wrote a serious WTF moment. It was just with the ropes and the bing, bong, bing, bing, boom, 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 and all that. All that. I just I can't believe that this didn't end up being a real thing because it was it was absolutely spectacular. Well, maybe we can like trademark it after the fact and then bring it out with like the coolest hip craze brought to you by people that are old. Kids will love it. Yes. Kids, kids always love what old people have to say. Oh my gosh! All right, guys. Just so you know, you can get these lighted ropes. I use them at Christmas, and I wrap them yeah. around. I wrap them around things like posts and things. So if you ever wanted to do the dancing, you can do it right at home with those. Posts. I love it. There you yeah. go. Um, I, I want to. Todd, please. So one thing I for, failed to mention in the which episode was it? Was it the Amazon episode? With more dancing? Yes, we're Tweaky. Yes. So we've apparently found out why Tweaky's name is Tweaky, because he tweaks things. 
because because he said he he really lived up to his name, uh, which is Tweaky. So remember when he pinched uh, the the guy that was holding um, the other jerk circle? <laughs> remember he, he he pinched his ass. <laughs> tweaky, Tweaky, yes. no means no. It's like Bender. Uh, it's like Bender is bending in Tweaky Tweaks, and that's the name for Tweaky. Oh. That's what that when he clamps something Fairly, that's that's yeah. tweaking. Okay. Very weird. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, Jonathan, any final thoughts before we wrap this whole deal up? Um, well, t- true to form throughout the series, uh, they always try to integrate high tech uh, into this uh, show, but it always comes across as low tech. They never quite figured out how to show what the future was going to look like, and I'll just leave you with this thought. So. So in this this last episode we discussed, they have this very modern sound studio where they're doing all these recordings, and they have these very you know high tech modern instruments that they they're playing. Um, and if you cut to the sound room, all of the knobs are like 20th century knobs. <laughs> they don't even have the glides which they use now. So they're like, right? It's like old tech five. Finds its way in into the, every episode because they don't know what the future is supposed to be, and I and they I, have like, those big data cards like spot like Spock yeah. had little data cards on the on yeah. the bridge of the Enterprise. So, yeah. so a little more research into what the future might be like would have helped this show. Um, you know, I I again I'm going to leave it with it's campy. It's meant to be fun. It's not meant to be taken seriously, especially the whole first season. Um, and right because Gil, Gil Gerard is not getting his way. Um, they're they're putting him in low cut outfits and they're trying to make him a, you know, a, a poor guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so this, this, uh, um, series is one to enjoy. I, um, I know we're going to talk about future series too, like series two, where there wasn't much, um, and it took right. a big departure, but I, I like the first series. I think the episodes that we've discussed, they're all in good fun. There's something positive about all of them. And if you're looking right. for if you're looking for something to watch, well, give give yourself the opportunity to watch the first season uh, because I think it's one that you'll enjoy more. Um, I don't know, Todd. What did you think about the second season? Being an avid viewer, um, I it was funny because I felt like it was such a weird, like disparate change. And and Charlie, right. you haven't gotten to this, but I felt like it lost a lot of its charm. Um, right. They did introduce some characters that you'll find out that I thought were, were really right. cool, but they yeah. I thought it was addition by subtraction because the military leader or the captain, whatever we call him, commander, admiral, I totally disliked him. <laughs> he just didn't seem like a very likable guy. So, But there was some cool plot lines. This is where I'm like, so I'm thinking like yeah. there are some really good plot lines in a lot of these episodes that I think people would really enjoy. Uh, there's just so many over-the-top ones. Like I have some favorites that uh-huh. um, I need to watch again because I'm like, that was so much fun. And yeah. They stand on my head right. as like classics. I, I have to go back to it. They, I, I watched the first season. I remember that, uh, you know, when it was first coming out, and and it did hold my interest uh, because my brothers were watching it with me. The second season, I had graduated and left for college. I don't remember watching much of the second season. Um, and gotcha. I didn't, you know, once you get to college, you don't watch a lot of TV anyway because you're busy with studies and all the activities and stuff. So. So, activities. So I'm going to have to revisit the second season. Hopefully I'll find some of the luster that you found in some of these characters, Todd. Um, and I think it'll make for a good conversation. But yeah, I, it's kind of like I'm going someplace new because I don't remember a lot of it. I know there's there's a character that looks like a bird. 
uh, you know, but uh, yeah, on that. Oh yeah, yeah. that's hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah, and, that's but, awesome. Yeah, but 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 beyond that, I I think I'm on the learning curve for this second season. Well, I'll I tell you, if, I can recommend some episodes if you want to do this one more time. Yes, like we will. We we absolutely will. You know, I this has been great, you guys. Holy cow! Thanks for bringing me back to this. I know I saw this show at some juncture in the past, but I never, obviously I never really drilled down on it, took notes, paid attention. So this was great. Um, and in, in upcoming segments, uh, we will take on Buck Rogers season, season two. Hopefully all three of us will be together again for that. We're also going to take on the, the one hit wonder, one season wonder uh, of a show called Voyagers with an exclamation point uh, that I have. That was, that was my Buck Rogers for when I was young. Cause I like watched it and really studied it and really loved it. But then we've got other great stuff coming up. Another episode that may have already, Air by the time this one dropped, we're going to start. I'm going to start going through uh, episodes of the Golden Age of the Simpsons with my friend Candy McFarland. So that's going to be a lot of fun. But anyway, we're wrapping this up, guys. This was great. Todd, where do people find you out there on the interwebs? Oh, yeah. At Tioxtra is the best place you can find things about me. I'm a big sports fan, love video games, talking a lot about that stuff there. Um, but definitely Secret Friends You for all our Twitter uh, and Patreon. And thanks to Sean Nias and Missy Merchant for being our first upper tier uh, patrons because uh, we appreciate your support. And that's why you get shows like this. You got it. And Jonathan, I know that you're a man of mystery. Not a lot of ways to find you out there, but I know you had one. Tell us again. Yeah. So I keep a low profile on social media. Um, and uh, I uh, am available through LinkedIn. You can hit me up, send me an email. I can certainly reply. So, um, But that's the easiest way to get me. Gotcha. Awesome. Totally awesome. Well, guys, this has been a joy. And again, our thanks to our Patreon listeners. Hopefully over time, there's more of you hearing this and even some of you hearing it on our regular uh, free feed. But we really appreciate the support of those who are taking care of us. I will sign off uh, by telling you that you can also find me uh, at, uh, at, at the C3, spell it out, on Twitter and other social media. My wife April and I uh, do run the USS Grand Petoskey, which Jonathan is a member. That is a chapter of the International Star Trek Fan Club, one of the biggest in the world, based right here in West Michigan. We have folks from all over Michigan that are part of our chapter and all over the country, too. So if you're a trekker, uh, find us at a website of that name and also other social medias. Reach out to us and we can help you out. But I'm going to sign off, as always, by saying sharing is caring and to keep on trucking.